0: Alright, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. But today on the show, we are doing one more special episode looking back at the films of 2022, and as we've done in previous years my buddy tj cross we have been friends for as long back as i can remember and we've both been composers for a long long time he's joining me so we can look back at our favorite film scores of 2022 we each have a top 10 we get into some honorable mentions we talk about a lot of great movie music and uh that's coming up here in a second Before we get to the conversation, I want to remind you, as always, to make sure you are subscribed wherever it is that you're listening to podcasts. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods or on Spotify or Podchaser, wherever it is you're listening and you are subscribed, of course. Drop a five-star rating. We would appreciate that. You could also follow us on social media at PiecingPod and join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. And we have some really fun stuff planned for 2023. So come join us in the Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces Facebook group. Really fun time over there. So with all that said, let's talk about some film scores. TJ Cross is back with us. We are going to talk film scores as we did last year. TJ, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, buddy? I am great. This is the last of the... uh, you know, the special episodes looking back at the year that was wrapping up 2022, and uh, I am excited to do it with you. I, I think it's going to be fun, and we had fun doing it last year. I think this this has to be a tradition, right? We got to do this every year.
1: This is like the fifth, fourth or fifth time now, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's important you're the guest on this one, you know? Well,
1: thank you. I, f- I feel very honored. Um, I have to say, I'm super proud of you, man. You've been doing some incredible stuff on the podcast. I do genuinely listen about once a month. I think <laughs> your stuff's been amazing, seriously, um, when I have time. I'm really, really proud of you, man. Like, I, you know, I remember like five or six years ago, you were talking about like you want to really start getting into this and you've like come a really long way and i just think you've mm. done an incredible job and i'm like super pumped for you in the future so like i really do appreciate wow. you having me on for this because this sort of ties me back into my original creativity even if i'm not really doing film scores anymore um i have an obvious passion for it so i really do appreciate you uh inviting me on for this absolutely
0: absolutely well I don't know. It was it was an interesting year in film. I mean, we we <laughs> talked about it on our top 10 films of 2022 episode, but we're still kind of in that weird space of like getting over the pandemic but still in the pandemic and movies are kind of greenlit or delayed or still coming out or we've got older movies that were already filmed yeah. that are finally coming out. Like it, it's a weird place and I think that will reflect a little bit in the scores, but There's also been a lot of great movies. I mean, I I really genuinely think every year is a great year for movies. and, And I think there were a lot of really good ones and a lot of great film scores. I feel like my list is pretty varied. Um, not just stuff that I maybe would normally pick, but um, kind of all over the place as well. Uh, I'm I'm really excited to hear what you've got on your list and we'll see if we have any kind of like overlaps or anything like that. But uh, you know, we'll talk more about the year in full as we're going through this. We might as well just start getting into them. What do you have for your number 10? So I
1: want to preference everything really quick before I get into number 10 with what I thought was interesting was a couple of these. I would say two or three of these. I actually heard the score first before oh, seeing nice. the movie now everything on my list I saw the film to make sure that it related you know the, the score was supportive of the film itself not just sure. a good listen outside of it but um, a couple of these I didn't even know I'm sure you did because I know you were 100% aligned with everything that's out there but a few of these I was like what is this and then I <laughs> went to go see it so this happened for number 10 Kimmy okay by Cliff Martinez <laughs> I thought that score. First of all, I love the movie, but I thought that score was an incredible mix of like classical wind instruments. It was symphonic, it was dark, it was moody, and it actually sort of reminded me of your style a little bit at times. Yes. Um and I thought that it really helped push the scene forward um with the underscore. So, I thought, you know, it was a perfect fit. I really did enjoy the score, and my favorite track from that score is Do You Hear Me, Angela.
0: Awesome. I, you know, I, the you film? know for- First of all, uh, I haven't seen it yet. Um, it's it's okay. one that I've been wanting to get to, but for some reason, the last few years, like everything Soderbergh puts out, I end up like I don't know. It ends up on my back burner, and back burner? I, I, one of these days, I'm going to have to have like a little Soderbergh mini marathon catch-up event but uh as for cliff Martinez, definitely a big influence on me so I, I, it makes me happy to hear you say it <laughs> <You're laughs> uh, yeah 100 <laughs> yeah. percent. his scores are always awesome and uh, i am really looking forward to to seeing the film i haven't heard the score since i haven't seen the film yet but mm-hmm. um i am knowing what his stuff usually sounds like i could imagine uh what it's like and i'm i'm really looking forward to checking it out so uh great pick I'll go with my number ten, which was originally on my honorable mention, and at the last minute I had to switch it in and include it because I was like, "How could this not be on my list?" It's Alexander Desplat's Pinocchio score from Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, of course, mm-hmm. not the Disney Pinocchio. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the standout track that I picked is "Going to Town." It's just so much fun. It's, you know, this movie is very, first of all, it's beautiful because, you know, the stop motion animation and Guillermo del Toro is is such a master at what he does. Uh, But the film itself It's such a a unique and uh, pretty and kind of deranged take on the Pinocchio story. And the music just absolutely uh, mirrors that. It's just it's so weird while at the same time being fun and playful. And uh, even though we're here mainly to talk about scores, the songs are great, too. And they do make up a big part of uh, of the soundtrack of the overall film. So, you know, those kind of even though we're talking scores here, those play a part in this as well.
1: Well, I'm glad you picked Pinocchio because it is on my list. Uh, nice. And I think, you know, it was very classic Desplat. And I'll talk more about it when I when I uh, tell you my favorite track. But um, I'm really glad you picked it because I agree with you. I th- I actually love the film. I yeah. It was a great film. And I think, like I said, it was a classic Desplat score that fit perfectly with the film. So yeah, I yeah. agree. Awesome. What do you got for number nine? I am going to botch this composer's name so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know the India film RRR.
0: Yeah, sure. I don't okay. know how to say the pronunciation of the composer's name. <laughs> Sam Kirovani, I
1: wanna say. Um it's a, when I mentioned. An admirable it earlier, yeah. job there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was one that I didn't know about. And I found I was I actually found myself listening to the score uh like a few like about a month or two ago, I was just like, uh, you know, even before you and I spoke, I was like, Oh, great scores of twenty twenty two. And I this one of these, a couple of these tracks just popped up. And I was like, oh man, I listened to this entire score and I've actually been listening to the score while I'm walking around and hadn't seen the movie and I finally saw the movie. Um, My standout track is an invite, a gift. But I just want to say, I think it's like really bold. It was a really bold score. It was like culturally relevant uh, while infusing like this theatrical flair or like modern mm-hmm. classical scoring. Um, it, it like when I watched it, it was interesting because like I, like I said, I listened to the score first, but watching it in comprehension with the scenes, it was really amazing how much it matched and fit um, while being such as bold, loud and surprisingly epic um, yeah. score. So, and by the way, some of the best action mu- music I've heard in a long time, so Huge fan, number nine, M.M. Kirovani. I'm sorry if I mispronounced it, but great score.
0: Oh, absolutely. And that movie is just so over the top, and it's so big. (laughs) big. (laughs) Yeah, and the music absolutely fits. And just like with uh, Pinocchio, I mean, another one where the songs are as big a part of the score as anything. And yeah, so I mean, it's just a great soundtrack overall. And it's going to be interesting, you know, we're, we're not here to necessarily like... Uh, theorize on the Oscars or anything, but it's going to be interesting to see if RRR can squeeze its way in for either, you know, score or song or even feature or something, because it has been a huge hit with critics. And I feel like people who, you know, actually discover this movie, it is kind of like a weird out there movie, but people who see it, love it. So it'll be interesting to see. Fantastic, I hope so. Yeah. What about you? What's number nine? Number nine is actually pray. Uh, the Predator prequel reboot thing that was on Hulu, uh, scored by uh, Sarah Shackner. Um, my standout track is Naru's Way. And I know I've heard people criticize this score because it's not as memorable as uh, Alan Silvestri's original Predator score, which I mean, you know, come on, how can you stand up to that? But what, it, you know, what it maybe lacks in being memorable, it's just freaking awesome. It's just like nonstop kick ass and beautiful and tense. And it, you know, this is a movie that. Really, I feel like should have been released in theaters and and ended up getting like a streaming only release, but it made watching it at home feel bigger than it was, you know, it it like really kind of just exploded with so much uh, tension and action and the score just kicks ass and it just goes so hard and is really a fun one to listen to, like just to listen to on its own outside of the film as well.
1: So haven't seen it, haven't heard it, but I definitely will. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, I'm excited to hear it. Yeah, I think you'll like it. Uh, what do you have for number eight? So, 3,000 Years of Longing by Tom Holkenberg, And yeah, and the track is Song of Transference. This really blew my mind. <laughs> blew my mind. I thought it was super guttural. You know, I I mean, you know me, like I'm more of a classical Williams-esque kind of guy. I love the old like Hollywood sound, the Hollywood feel. But this thing just like was so raw and like the strings are like right in your face. And the musically, the harmonies are so dense and close and it portrayed the scenes in the film so well. Um, mm-hmm. it's a spectacle and it matches, you know, it's, it's unique visuals. And I just thought it was a perfect fit and it's a perfect sound. And surprisingly, it's not something that I would think I would listen to outside of the film. And I've caught myself listening to a few and song of transference is one of the the tracks I, I listen to often. So yeah, 3000 years of longing.
0: Awesome, great pick. Uh, it actually is in my honorable mentions, and uh, it didn't make my list. Although the film itself is one of my favorite movies of the year, I love this movie so much, and it means so much to me. This movie and the music is definitely part of that. I mean, it, it is it is an awesome score, and yeah, I think a part of the problem with Three Thousand Years of Longing is that it was sold as like the next movie from the guy who made Mad Max: Fury Road, and it's just not that movie. And the score isn't that score either. I mean, Fury Road's score is so insane right. over the top, you know? <laughs> and it's just like going into it expecting more of that is not the right way to sell a movie, but uh it, it's still a great score for what it is. And like I said, I love that movie so much. Um but my number eight is gonna be White Noise from Danny Elfman. love this movie um i actually just recorded an episode on it today uh this is noah bombach's latest film which he somehow got netflix to give him like a hundred million dollars really freaking weird (laughs) art house film that nobody is gonna like and nobody did like but i love the movie and uh the score so first of all the film itself features all these people this family who are are basically scared of of death they, they have this like intense fear of death and they are uh it, it's very weird in the way that it's constructed but in in the process of their story of the plot unfolding there's this airborne toxic event that they're all running from and everything starts to kind of start to take on characteristics of some of like the classic 80s either disaster movies uh, family movies, adventure movies that that we know and love and we grew up with, the kind of things that we kind of fill our time with while ignoring that we're all gonna die eventually. And uh I, I think that's a big part of the movie. And I feel like Danny Elfman is playing into the fact that we remember and love and have nostalgia for all these movies, a lot of which were scored by him. Um and so I feel like he's almost in a way playing the hits. He's like kind of going back and doing all these fun Danny Elfman things, things that you would have heard in all these movies, the Tim Burton stuff, the Simpsons, like all these things. And he's, he's going back to all these like musical ideas in it. Mm -hmm. And it's makes for such a fun score. Uh, my standout track is called Teddy bear, which is part of the, uh, the scene where everything is hitting the fan. And it's just, uh, it's nuts. And it's such classic Elfman.
1: It's hundred percent classic Elfman. And I I thought a lot of Edward Scissorhands when I heard that score and, and, it's funny because, for, and I, you've kind of changed my thinking on that because for what I knocked it for, it's just, I'm going to, spoiler, it's in my honorable mentions. Yeah. Um, what I didn't put in my top 10 for was because it was so much Elfman, like yeah. you just said. Like It was just like, I was like, he's ripping off himself. Right, but, right. But in a sense, that's what makes it so great, like you said. Right. So yeah, I 100% agree. It is a great score. I
0: loved it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I hope more people check that movie out because it's it's so good. But uh, what do you got for number seven? So. This is interesting, so it's
1: Where the Crawdads Sing, Uh, Michael Dana. Here's the thing, I wasn't a huge fan of the film. Yeah. Um but the score and obviously the performance uh what made that film better than it should be, I guess. And so therefore I had to put the the score in there because I do remember thinking, "Oh, this is one of those classic takes on where the composer is outdoing the visuals mm-hmm. on the screen." And sure. so I just I really loved the sound of the score um and I think it really did uplift the movie in in whole um and i just i what really stuck out to me is i love the instrumentation of the songs um and i really like the minimalist approach um to scenes that i think other composers would maximalist on mm-hmm. um he sort of pulls back and i think it really draws you in and so i don't know something about that score really got me while i was watching it and it stuck out to me in a positive way so that's where i put it for number seven
0: That's an interesting one. I I hadn't considered it in my list of things to go back to and and think about for this list, you know, because for the reason that I didn't really like the movie that much. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, now that you're mentioning it, like, I feel like I should go back and listen to it. I mean, those kinds of, like, you know, gritty South kind of settings are such like fertile ground for a great score. So like I mm-hmm. could imagine it probably is a really good one. And uh yeah, I'm going to have to go back and check that out again uh one of these days. Um my number 7 is She Said from Nicholas Bertel Uh is mm-hmm. you know one of one of the most exciting people working in in film music right now, I feel like. And I feel like the last couple of years like obviously uh A Gape was such a like a big thing when we did our uh, top 10 scores of the decade from uh if Beale Street could talk, but the last couple of years though, I feel like Succession has kind of taken over like any attention of him and his work. Uh, but this felt like it was like right back to like wow, that that's Nicholas Patel in a movie making a big, urgent, dramatic film score. <laughs> you know that that film is it's a really interesting thing to try to make a movie out of obviously with with the the takedown of harvey weinstein and uh it's like there's a question of like how are you going to make something that's so fresh and so new and that's so kind of somewhat open-ended still at this point and like is it too soon to make something like that but i think uh, you know aside from the movie actually being very good i think a big part of what works is how great that score is. It just it makes everything feel so urgent for like these these reporters, if they don't like crack this case, if they don't get this story out there, you know nothing is gonna change. nothing is gonna get better in 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 this particular industry. and you know you know pessimists like us, maybe nothing is gonna get be better, but uh, <laughs> it's still a good movie though. Burn it with fire. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I,
1: I want to say I completely agree with you. Very exciting composer. I it it didn't hit me like the other works. Mm-hmm. Um, so previous works. Um, so it's interesting to hear, like, because it seems like you really thought this was like another step up. Um, yeah. but I but understanding how you feel like it attached to the the film and its importance, I I can see why it's on your on your list. It just didn't make mine.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, what do you got for number six? My boy Reznor and
1: Ross, Bones and mm. All. Nice. Um, the the great wide open is a track. I I love this track. The great wide open. <laughs> here's what i'll say while it's styling is nothing new from their collab it's very much them it's very much what they've done in the past as far as their style style choices Mm -hmm. what i love about it is they found this like way of doing the chordal structure to make the perfect blend of romance and horror which this film is right it's a horror romance um and so i just thought that is tough to do especially from like a musical standpoint to write something that has a romance and love vibe about eating things (laughs) so um, people so so i thought it was a perfect fit it has a horror sensation to it it has a romantic sensation to it and i was like wow that kind of blew my mind that they could actually pull that off in something i've never really heard before so uh i was a big fan uh not something i can walk around to and listen to but something (laughs) for the film itself is fantastic and so bones and all and ross
0: it'll come up later in my list for sure and uh i can I assume Empire of Light did not make your list? Because it didn't did make, make mine. My light. Yeah. No. I did not like their Empire of Light score. It's like one of my least nope. favorite Resner Ross scores. Um, but it's great that there's one that came out as amazing as this one did. So
1: Yeah. And it yeah. seems like every year, right? <laughs> they yeah. come up together at least one
0: a year. It's amazing. They just keep working, man. They keep it's working. It's amazing. What about well, you? My number six, I, I haven't seen this on a lot of lists, but it, it's on mine. Uh, it's a horror movie called Smile from the uh, composer Cristobal Tapia de Vere, uh, who did the music for The White Lotus. I think that's uh, where he gets the most of his attention, mm-hmm. uh, the TV series White Lotus, which is mm-hmm. also an awesome uh, piece of music. But this score is so freaking off-putting and creepy, and it, it's just like it seems like he started with uh a traditional like modern 2000s horror movie score you know the the big stabs and all that kind of stuff the orchestral but like uh you know creepy and crawly and all that but then just glitched the hell out of it in a way that's like it's practically like i i I joked to a friend that it sounded like my my headphones were broken while i was listening to the score it's so weird the shit that he's doing and uh it, it really adds to just this unsettling nature of the movie and just how bizarre it is and obviously with people just smiling at the screen constantly it makes it even more creepy and uh the standout track for me was laura smile and uh this is just like i said more and more of that like like what are the like what what's he even pushing to make these sounds happen? <laughs> like it's just like <laughs> impossible to figure out. What and program it's just is he using? Right? Yeah. yeah like what what um, buttons is he hitting? Yeah. <laughs> so
1: I know the I, I know of the film. Haven't seen it. Haven't heard the score, so I don't really know much. But it actually sounds really interesting. Um, give me your quick take, your three second take on Smile, the film. You love it?
0: Oh, it's great. It's great. It's great. so much fun, and uh, it, it's creepy as hell.
1: Well, I can't wait to watch it then.
0: Yeah. Um I have
1: a quote-unquote horror score coming up, but we'll we'll talk nice. more about that later. Awesome. Um, for number 5 and here we are, breaking the top 5. These I feel like starting here for me and you personally, there is a separation for right. me personally between 10 and 6 and 5 and 1. Okay. Um so so number 5, everything everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. Sunlux. It's just I mean, first of all, if you know anything about me, it's my kind of film. Yeah. Um I'm I'm a huge cloud, you know, uh, Cloud Atlas fan yeah um and i had a lot of the same vibes in this movie um just epic ridiculous the score is epic ridiculous um uh what are you thinking about your day will come and their uh claire de lune remix is just incredible in this film i mean i really was like like the score is a tearjerker for me like i love this score it's so powerful And, you know, it's it's just I don't know. I can't stop raving about the score. Tell everyone about the score. I love it. It's fantastic. And it's right up my alley.
0: That's awesome. I've only seen everything everywhere all at once once. And I really need to rewatch it like I I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, And I thought the score was great at the time. I did revisit it when making this list and I didn't feel like it worked as well outside of the film. And, uh, so I I need to watch it again and hear the score with the film and see how I feel about it the next time I actually get a chance to watch it. But, uh, yeah, it's a great movie though. And, um, it's so much fun and I can, you know, imagine why you would have it on the list for sure. Where are you at five? Five is bones and all (laughs) back to, (laughs) back to Reznor and Ross. Uh, My (laughs) pick was by the light of the campfire. just fantastic piece of music. And I feel like this is the closest Trent Reznor as a composer has been to like one of the instrumental sections of a nine inch nails album. Like a a lot of his albums would have like these like kind of ambient pieces on them, which kind of made you think like, Oh, this guy could score a film one day, maybe. Like, it would probably sound really good. Like, uh, I think it's called A Warm Place was on The Downward Spiral, and I think there was one or two on The Fragile. And this score kind of gets back to that sound. And it's just, it's haunting. It's got this longing to it. And uh, it's beautiful. And yeah, I mean, this might be my favorite uh, Reznor-Ross score since The Social Network. Um, Although Soul was awesome, too, so...
1: So I'm kind of curious because I had said this is very Resnor and Ross, um, but do you feel like he actually is sort of, this is a different sound from his typical film sound, you feel like, and it's more towards like his rock sound?
0: Yes, that's exactly yeah. uh, how I would yeah. feel. I, it definitely is different from like what we've come, like we were joking, like every year, it seems like there's at least one Resnor Ross score. Right. Uh, this, right. this feels a little different from any of those and more like getting back to Nine Inch Nails, but in a film score style. So uh, yeah. Nice. It, exciting stuff what do you have for number four the woman king
1: um right on taryn yeah 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 terrence Blackard. um the track i love the best well there's actually two it's the woman king's main titles and now and malik Like the film itself, I think it's just, I mean, I love the film. Um, I think it's powerful. I think it's culturally relevant, obviously. Um, I think the score itself is like heartbreaking and inspirational. Um, and in a strange way, classic, even though it's it's following some culturally traditional music. Um, and it's a score I can listen to both inside and out of the film. And I just thought it was a perfect complimentary piece to that film. I loved
2: it.
0: Yeah, it was one of my favorite things about the movie. The score just like was hard as hell awesome like, you know? yeah <laughs> yeah and it added to that that whole vibe of like just hell yeah and kick ass like it was awesome yep. so i loved it yeah good pick good pick uh um, how about you my number four is blonde from nick cave and warren ellis i uh, i know a lot of people hated this movie because of it taking on this fictional approach to marilyn monroe's life and uh, a very negative and dark approach to that life uh but the score is fantastic haunting but beautiful but full of dread and the use of synths uh is probably a big part of what people don't like about it like I, i feel like it just like it clashes with this like classic screen presence that that you know we would expect you know this hollywood royalty but it just it fits so well and adds to that feeling that this film is trying to convey and I think, you know, I don't know if people wanted just a straight up Marilyn Monroe biopic. Like, I'm not sure if that's what they wanted, but this film does not have that on its mind at all. And this score is a, a big part of figuring out what this movie is all about. And, uh, you know, you talked about my music earlier, but I feel like this is like really of this, of these 10, the most in line with something I would do if I was uh, scoring a film.
1: It is a fantastic score. Um, it's in my honorable mentions. I think you you hit the nail on the head. The juxtaposition between the score not being a classic 50s, 40s, 30s, whatever Hollywood sound yeah, uh, is a perfect choice because that film was not a true to life story. It right. was telling a different sort of fictional take on some uh, factual events. Right. So yeah. I, I just thought the score was a perfect mix. It's a really, really good score. And I'm glad you picked it because it is on my honorable mentions.
0: Right on. Well, what do you have for number three? Pinocchio. <laughs> Pinocchio
1: <laughs> yeah. by uh, Desplat. Um, it It's just, you know what, it, you don't have to go to Juilliard. Listen to the score, it's a classic course in film scoring. I mean, it's literally a classic way of scoring a film. It's very Desplat. And, you know, I just want to say something that I find really interesting. And you and I talked about this, I think, like, three or four years ago when we did one of these, that, like, you know, while that's changed a little bit now, he was sort of the heir apparent to, you know, just saying the the Williams and Zimmer, right? Like, he was the guy. Um, I think that's sort of changed now because he had his time. There's some new up-and-coming composers now coming in. Um, But what is so interesting about his composing style is he's always a hair away from a memorable theme Walking out of the theater, yet you still don't remember any themes he wrote. If that makes sense, like they're so good, but they're they're just—they're not—they're just just a hair away from you remembering them. If that makes sense, and I think it's a an intentional style of his, and and I kind of like it because I think he just really is there to serve the film. And the track that I love is Pinocchio's Choice. Um, Mm. It comes towards the end of the film, Um, and and I just—it's—it's a classic, great piece of, of of film score.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It it is. uh, It's just so much fun. It's so much fun. And and I I think it's an interesting theory about like, yeah, his his stuff. It's so good. But then maybe you it it doesn't like necessarily stay with you. But then once you hear it again, you're like, ah, yeah, there it is. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. I love it. How about you? All right, number three, um, I joked on our uh, top ten films of the year episode that I would be perfectly happy with the Banshees of Inesheron winning absolutely everything at the Oscars this year. Picture, actor, actress, supporting, screenplay, and score from Carter Burwell. Um, Night's Fall in Inesheron is my pick for the track from this film. Film kind of feels like a, a fucked up fairy tale in a way, oh, and yeah. yeah, and there's like lots of plucky instruments that like create this like haunting but melancholy, weird uneasiness, and it really accents and matches that like central conflict between these two friends and uh, th- this feeling of like you know what what is happening? Why are these people uh, not? friends anymore it just it just doesn't make sense and it's 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 so uh affecting and i feel like you could probably uh uh relate to this the same way i can of just wanting to kind of be left alone with your music i like i get that feeling from this this character in the movie and uh you know it's a movie about that uh, about that feeling and uh it it really just adds to just how how much i appreciate this score and uh carter burwell is is just amazing and i feel like we don't get enough carter burwell scores so
1: it's my film of the year um just fyi uh but i couldn't get into the score Um, it's really interesting and so i feel like i feel really weird because after i put my list together i'm sure you do this too i look at like other top 10 lists to see like Mm -hmm. Like, how far off am I like on everyone else? Right. And yeah. obviously that 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 score is on like everybody's like top three, like almost yeah. everybody's top three. And so like, I'm like, what is wrong with me? What am I missing out on? And I think part of my problem is I, I like, unlike a lot of people, I like to listen to my scores outside of the films. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a tough one to listen to, I feel like outside the film. And I think that unfortunately that bias of mine is hurting it because it probably is a great film score that I just can't listen to walking around. That i sense. think that,
0: that that's a fair criticism because i think it would be a tough one like i i have while leading up to this i listened to it a, a bunch but i uh, i can see how it would be one that uh you know it it's a little dark a little dreary and weird so maybe you know might that might take away from it for some people i could see that yeah well we're on to our top two what do you have for uh number two pearl oh boy this was uh pearl by bates yeah.
1: and williams let yeah. me just tell you something man Wow, what a score. Mm-hmm. Like what a score! The the uh, again the juxtaposition between like what is happening on screen and this classic 1939s Max Steiner like yeah. you know I mean I never thought that I would be romantically involved with a girl masturbating with a scarecrow okay right. like like yeah. the the music playing under that is just like. It's perfect. It is so brilliant. It's perfect. I mean, like, I wouldn't, like, I just try to think about back in my days when I'm scoring a film, Would I, I never would have. And obviously there's a correlation with the director and they're all working together to try to make, you know, but I never would have come up with that. Never mm-hmm. in a million years would I have come up with a score, you know, and I realized the projectionist thing and I realized Hollywood and, and film, but it just, I, I, I listen to this score all the time. It's, it's freaking beautiful. My, like my wife heard me like listening to it and I'm like, Oh, you want to know what the film's about? <laughs> You know, like, like (laughs) it just, you never would think that when you listen to the score, I, I am, I really struggled. This almost was my number one. Um, I, I really like, obviously, as you can tell, I'm head over heels with this and just a few standout tracks, the ride home, the projectionist, and obviously the main titles because the main titles are just that classic 1930s gone with the wind styling, which I love.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's great. It was one that, uh, it didn't make my list, but it was one that I was like going back to and listening to a bunch in the lead up to this. And uh it's fantastic and it's a great movie and uh yeah yeah, great great pick I'm glad it's on yours uh what do you got my number two is Crimes of the Future the new David Cronenberg film score from Mm -hmm. Howard Shore and I think this might be like the most memorable melody this year out of all of Mm -hmm. these movies which is so weird because it's such a weird movie But it's such a Cronenberg score. It's so futuristic and weird, and uh, it's got a lot of industrial bent to it, and uh, it, it's got like this this classic sounding melody. But then it's just really just screwed up and uh turned into something very futuristic and weird sounding uh Sarklust is my uh my standout track which you definitely hear that main theme in mm-hmm. uh, but it comes back throughout along with lots of industrial pounding drums and drones and all kinds of things that uh match the very screwed up you know subject matter of the film
1: i thought that was gonna be your number one because i remember oh, nice. listening to this saying this is a this is a david track this is a, D- yeah. a david score this is something he's gonna love yeah. Not my favorite, not on my list, on everybody's list um and I I value it a ton and I think it was a great score and I'm glad you picked it because I I you know there's a place for it for sure.
0: Absolutely. I can't believe we're at number 1. I'm excited to hear what you got. What what's your number 1?
1: All right. So Dave, I'm sorry you're going to have to give me a few minutes here because I cheated. Okay? Mm. Um I remember last year you were like, wow, a lot of documentaries on your picks. There was like four of them. Yeah. Um, and there's a reason for that. I, we don't we don't have time on this podcast to talk about it, but um, I just think that documentary film scoring has come a long way and it's more relevant. But anyway, outside of that, I picked two. I did want to pick a classic film because I do think it's the best score of the year. But I also, if you're going to give me like two minutes, I want to call out one documentary film because I think it's an amazing score as well. Okay. Um, so for me, it's going to be The Batman nice by Michael Giacchino. Um, the track that stands out for me, and I want to talk about this for a minute, is For All Your Pennyworth. So I have a big love, not hate, but a love or miss relationship with Giacchino. Yeah. Um, I'd mentioned Desplat earlier, uh, who was for the air apparent, I felt like to classic sounds. But I think Giacchino has been around for 25, 30 years. He was kind of the guy that I think Hollywood tagged as the next guy, really, yeah. like he's the next thing that's going to be the William Zimmer, the future. And, you know, it's interesting because I can't really say he missed because he has had a lot of classics, Incredibles, a ton of stuff. Sure. Um, but I feel like he's let me down at times. Hmm. Um, that's the best way I could put it. Um, but this score to me was so very Giacchino and so very not, and I was so proud of the work he put into this. Um, I liked the film. I know a lot of people loved the film. I liked it. I wasn't head over heels about it, but I'm I didn't really like boat. it. Yeah. yeah, but I thought the score was just so dead on in every scene. Um, and I thought it was in your face when it needed to be. I thought it was pulled back when it needed to be. I thought it was so not his typical work outside. <laughs> and here we go, outside of For All Your pennyworth, which was a mm-hmm. very Giacchino emotional track. Um, it's the scene where he's talking to Alfred about family. And um, what is interesting about that track is he's used it probably five or six times um mm. from 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 a chord structure. It's the same chord structure he's used in his when he was scoring lost and and a bunch of other it's like his emotional fallback. Anytime there's an emotional yeah. scene, he falls back to the same sound. But what I what stuck out to me was it was so mature and so relevant to this film that he changed it just enough that I was like, wow, like it, you've just you've elevated in your 25, 30 years of working in the industry. And it, it really was a very personal, like composer esque view of the film, and I, I just was blown away by the score, um, a huge fan, uh, and I, I don't know, there was just a lot tied to it, I've been a Giacchino fan since for like 30 years, and it was just really cool to see the maturity and the growth, so The Batman was my cinematic pick, and I just want to throw out there really quick, from a document, a document film, um, Savage Waters, I don't know if you've heard of
0: this, it's kind of a small film. I've seen the name, I, I haven't watched it though.
1: Okay, it's about chasing this mythical wave. That was written in like this 19th century treasure hunters book about these about the, the biggest wave that anyone's ever seen right and they sort of follow the, this this book's location and it tells a tale of trying to surf the the biggest wave in in mankind um and enna waves are the composers uh brewer and Phoebe and they do this thing the track's called the wave <laughs> It's a very nostalgic 80s uh, synth. And I don't know if it's just because of that, but the entire score is made up of that. And it is just, it would be a brilliant EP. Like, it's just, it's an its an incredible album. And the film is really interesting too, but the album, the music just really hit hard. Hit me emotionally, I think it's because like I'm 40 something and I'm like a child of the 80s, you know, yeah, I don't yeah. know but like it really grabbed me. And so uh, just wanted to give that a shout out to anyone who hasn't heard of it. Maybe go give it a listen.
0: Yeah, it sounds like an interesting film, and uh, the score sounds like it would be right up my alley. I'm I'm excited to check that out. And uh, as for the Batman, made my honorable mention. I mentioned this when we covered the movie back when it first came out. I feel like it's the best theme of the year, wrapped up in a score that's a little repetitive um you know and so that, that's like the only issue i have with it it's still awesome like if you listen to that main theme it, it's just it's so good it's ridiculous so how good. good it is and and gia is awesome like you know so we should all be so lucky to write something half that good you know what i mean
2: but <laughs> have that career. Yeah. yeah yeah so what are you yeah. I'm
0: dying to know your number one i think i know given what i've heard so far but what's your number one My number one is a movie that nobody gives a shit about, but I love. And it's called Windfall. Uh, It's a little movie that came out on Netflix earlier in the year, and it came and went. Uh, The composers are Danny Bensi and Sondra Jurians, and this score is just fantastic. It stuck with me all year long it's been my favorite score as all these other movies came and went it's stuck as my number one ever since this came out uh my my key track is i've got your gun uh although there's so many tracks on this i could pick out The film is about a guy who's kind of a loser who decides to uh, rob a tech billionaire and uh, and his yeah. wife who are alone in their their vacation home, and none of it goes well. It just like goes wrong from step one. And the score, the the film, a lot of people compared, it's like a Hitchcock type thing. Uh, You know, it's a very like criminals gone wrong, kind of noir styled thing. Uh, But then because of everything going wrong, it kind of gets a little bit of a Coen Brothers streak to it. And the score just is so playful while these people are just fucking up so badly and uh it almost feels like it's taunting them in a way in some ways it kind of reminds me of looney tunes music um except for it's a lot darker and more noir style um it's so fun it's so beautiful it's so well done and uh yeah i i do know that like anybody else i know who liked this movie also really appreciated the score but it seems like this movie just kind of came and went and most people just didn't really give it a chance Uh, It stars uh, Jesse Plemons and Jason Segel and Lily Collins, and it's basically just the three of them. It's you know obviously something that was made during the pandemic because it's you know such a small one location thriller. uh, But I really hope more people check it out, and uh, especially check out this score. Awesome! I don't know it. Like I have nothing to say. I don't know it. (laughs) I'm not surprised. I had a feeling you wouldn't have heard of this one. No. yeah, please do check out the score after we're done recording. I, I think that you'll uh, really dig it and think it's really fun. Um, yeah, Let, let's get on to some honorable mentions here. Uh, what do you have that we uh, didn't quite talk about yet?
1: So I'm going to, I have a bunch here, but I'm going to narrow it down to three. So, okay. and it's a little side note to each one. Elvis um, oh, sure. was actually one of them because I just like the remix stuff they did with that. Like, it's not an original score by any means, so it never would make the list. But I thought some of the remixes and 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 basically like the the audio mixing was really fantastic. So I really did like the Elvis score. Um, sure. A film called After Sun. I don't know if you know it.
0: Yeah, I know. Um,
1: That's one of my favorite films of the year. Um, mm-hmm. And the it's a, this is a, like a, a honorable mention of remixes the last scene in that film if i don't know if you remember, but they played like this remix of under pressure that uh-huh. like sure. really stuck out to me. And I thought like, again, it was a lot of good audio design in that film around the score. And then um, finally, for me, it's gonna be Babylon. Ton of fun and the ton fun sounds in that score. But the only reason it didn't make my list was is exactly what I expected anyone to compose for that score, because that that film calls for that style of music. Like you you can't really get interesting. I mean, it's interesting music, but you can't really get interesting with that score because it's going to call what it needs for that time period.
0: Absolutely. Babylon's on my list list as well of of honorable mentions. It's like it's like. La La Land two basically yes. the score, yeah. and so it's like you kind of don't really need to put it on your top ten, but it's really right. freaking good. um Yeah, After Sun's an interesting pick. Uh, I I didn't love that movie. I feel like you need to be a parent in order to love that movie. Probably, yeah. yeah. They
1: killed me at the end when she's like yearning for anyway. Yeah,
0: yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I, I mentioned the Batman was on my list of course. Um I also really loved the uh the Beast score uh, from Stephen Price. Uh that that is just a really just awesome Ooh, just like right. just jungley type stuff. Like it, it's just so so exciting and good. Um The Wonder is another score uh that I really liked. Uh, it's a small Netflix movie with Florence Pugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um yeah, yeah and th- that's really haunting kind of The the reason it didn't make my top 10 is in a a lot of ways, it kind of sounds a little bit like, uh, the smile score. And I figured I didn't really need two of that kind of sound on this. Um, but if you were to take the smile score and not glitch the hell out of it, the way that they do, it would kind of sound like this. Um, one more honorable mention. Oh, Oh, yeah, go
1: ahead. No, no, go Let let me ask your final, give me your honorable mention.
0: Uh, one more honorable mention would be, uh, a film called EO, a foreign film Mm -hmm. about a, a donkey, um, which Sounds like it's going to be like a sweet and like beautiful or whimsical score, but is like industrial and over the top and insane. And uh, this one was my number 10 for a while, but I ended up bumping it for Pinocchio. But uh, it's freaking a crazy score. It's really good.
1: Oh, I have one more that I left off, Dave. Um, oh. Top Gun Maverick, just for the intro titles. Yes, absolutely. Why <laughs> a not? It's a fantastic remix of a
0: classic yeah. song. Classic that, was on, that was on my list as well of, of things yeah. to consider. But I was like, I'm already making it my number one movie of the year. I don't need it to be on yeah. my score. Yeah, 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 yeah. so. Best movie. I love that movie. Cool. yeah it's so goddamn good uh yes yeah, so that's our list you know what actually i do want to give one more quick shout out one more honorable mention uh th- there's this little uh horror film on shutter called Deadstream that made my top 10 films of the year and um uh, you'll appreciate this because it's so funny um as a composer you'll appreciate this so the the film is written and directed by this guy joseph winters and also starring him and he's basically a uh like a YouTuber, like a, a live streamer. And uh, he's recently been canceled for something. We don't quite know what exactly until later in the movie, but he's trying to make his comeback by uh, spending the night with all of his streaming gear in a haunted house. And it basically becomes like a, uh, a found footage version of an evil dead. Like it's just a total horror comedy. This guy is such an asshole. He's so dumb and lame and annoying. Uh, and and the haunted presence in the house just fucks with them the whole time. But the reason why it's on my score is obviously it being a found footage movie, you can't have a score, right? Like it, it wouldn't make any sense for there to be score. So whenever something creepy is about to happen, he pulls out his tape recorder where he's already made some creepy music, and he pushes <laughs> play. On That's it. fantastic. <laughs> 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 it's so funny. And uh, the movie is ridiculous. And uh, yeah, it's just such an interesting way to uh, add music into a, a found footage movie. So good for that guy. That's anyway. great.
1: You know, it's funny. Um, speaking of things that didn't pop up on any of our lists, um, and I expected it would be like my score of the year. And then I saw the film was the Fablemans.
2: Yeah, I, I was expecting
1: something different, I think, uh, uh score wise and, and it fit the style of the film, the way they went with it, obviously. Yeah. Um, it's the right score for the right film, but, but I was expecting like the final hurrah Williams, like epic, you know, classic Spielberg sound kind of thing. Yeah. So I thought
0: that was interesting very yeah. understated like the the uh the trailer's music was fantastic but Beautiful. like the the movie yeah. was just like you know eh, it just it just kind of it, a few piano it pieces it, yeah. yeah yeah it was it was yeah. what it was but yeah that that's our list uh TJ is there a movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners um
1: i'm watching a show can i can i do that go for um, it um it's it's so bad but it's so nostalgic early 2000 for me I, you're gonna make fun of me everyone's gonna make fun of me Here's this um, but my wife and I are into it we're watching the national treasure show oh wow! Nice. <laughs> and it's been it's been panned by critics I don't think it's as bad as I think people need to put their heads back in the early 2000s and we're watching you know national treasure today I don't know how it holds up I haven't seen it forever but um, uh, it's very early 2000s and I'm actually enjoying it quite a lot for it's like you know we don't care about reality take
0: yeah sure i i could imagine that it's probably pretty fun it it would be hard to get behind nicholas cage not being there but like you know we don't get a lot of adventure movies lately i mean no. we just talked about uncharted last year and uh that wasn't very good so you, know, you need to fill that void so uh i get it you know yeah but uh how about you what do you watch what do you, what have you seen recently oh boy what have i seen recently well i just rewatched white noise um Uh, this week that we're recording, this is the week of Megan and, uh, (laughs) Megan was so much fun. Uh, score wouldn't probably make my list, uh, next year, but, uh, it it was serviceable, but the movie itself was the movie itself is fantastic. Yeah. 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 I might go see it again this week. We'll see. But yeah, well, TJ, this is great as always. And, uh, I'm sure we'll most likely have to get back together again uh is it june july when indiana is, uh, jones baby june yeah,
1: <laughs> june 28th i feel like that's one that we might have to
0: get together for
1: yeah that would be i fun. might have to fly down to vegas i might have, wow. we have, to, have to do it yeah oh i'd be that, so excited you know, we should do it like right after like you've done in, in the past with some of your other films yeah, yeah. i'll yeah, set it up let's do it yeah. let's do it we should do it let's do it i would love to do that yeah that'd be fun
0: all right all right well cool. hopefully we're gonna make that happen everybody and tj thank you again for being back here
1: Thanks, buddy.
0: Hi, this is Wax Tracks
1: Records here on 2909 South Decatur. We buy all your old 45s, your old albums, any type of music memorabilia. Also, we sell music memorabilia, albums, CDs, and a lot. Come on down to Wax Tracks, 2909 South Decatur, or give me a call at 702 362 4300. Thank you very much.
0: All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about some of the best film scores of 2022. I'm realizing I didn't mention Babylon. Uh, It was in the running for my top 10. It ended up in my honorable mentions, and then once we got to honorable mentions, I just forgot to mention it. The Babylon score absolutely rules, too, so throw that in as a last-minute extra Honorable mention there. Uh, thank you, TJ, for joining me on that. It was a fun time. Like we talked about, hopefully, we can get him back for Indiana Jones. Uh, We've talked about Indiana Jones since we were children, so uh, we kind of got to bring it all around full circle. Uh, But I hope you all enjoyed the episode. If you're enjoying piecing it together, make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts. We have a lot of new episodes on the way, so uh, yeah, make sure you're subscribed. And if you like the show, you can rate and review us. We do appreciate the five-star ratings. And follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join the Facebook group Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. And don't forget about our Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I post bonus and advanced content from Piecing It Together, Awesome Movie Year, and my music career. Speaking of my music career, we're talking film scores. I always close these episodes out with a piece of my music, so let's close it out with a piece of a film score that I worked on in 2022. I am going to play you an untitled piece of the score from the film Move Me No Mountain, which was a film I scored earlier in the year and premiered at the Nevada Women's Film Festival and will hopefully be getting a uh, release here sometime soon. You will know about it as soon as I do. Uh, But yeah, hope you enjoy this piece of music and we'll be back with more Piecing It Together real soon.
2: An All Points West production produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.